Hi listeners, it's Cameron, and today we start the show off with something a little bit different. Rhea and I lost a friend this week. A Chicago comic Dan Ronan passed away at the young age of 24. Even though Dan was 24, he was a fully formed comic. He knew who he was on stage. He had great jokes, presence, and he was a kind man. We both loved him, and I worked with Dan for years at the Lincoln Lodge. You can still go see shows there if you're ever in Chicago. So Dan never made it on to the Put Your Hands Together podcast, and I asked my friends um, Joe McAdam and Joe Quizala, who run a show called The Late Live Show, if we could use audio from a clip of theirs that is available on YouTube. This is Dan doing a character on that show, The Late Live Show. And we're really happy to be able to bring this to you guys. If you've never heard Dan, I think you're going to love it. And if you love it, please look up his other clips. He deserves to be remembered. Today we have someone very special that's gonna uh, that's gonna come out here for you. We have a uh, a cartoonist. He's gonna he's gonna talk about his comic strip. It's been going strong for 40 years. This is the anniversary, uh, and it's fantastic. You guys are gonna love him. Please welcome to the stage Tim Nagoda, everybody. Let him hear it. Tim Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Nagoda. The Late Live Show has graciously invited me to speak about my comic strip, as this week is its 40th anniversary. The strip to which I am referring is, of course, Skunky Funky Buns. Skunky Funky Buns began as a comic strip about a teenage squirrel and his gang of animal pals. The original characters were, of course, Skunky, Funky Bun Skunk, a funky skunk who loves to boogie, Tito Turtle, an Italian turtle who's slow on his feet but fast with the ladies, Samuel Squirrel, the one friend who's a little nuts, and Cherry Chipmunk. The girl. The early strips were fun spoofs and goofs on growing up skunky. The first strip aired in the Topeka Christian Reader on April 13, 1973. It's been lost to the sands of time, but I'll never forget. The first panel showed Samuel Squirrel saying, I got an A on my paper. In the second panel, Skunky, frustrated by his own grade, says, Nuts to you! The third panel showed them both smiling. The strip went on like that for about ten years. But then, I felt like there were bigger fish to fry. I was going through a dark time in my life. My wife had just left me, and I was being charged with vehicular manslaughter. I wanted to take on bigger issues and make the strip more real, honest, and gritty. So I decided to take a big risk. I published a week-long series of strips about Skunky and the gang dealing with their school becoming racially integrated. This was quite controversial because at that time, schools had already been racially integrated for a while. And I did not realize that. 
the storyline was a big slap in the face for the African-American community. But it was a big step forward for me as an artist. Finally, I was talking about what I wanted to talk about. I decided to take on another real-life issue in this strip. In the first panel, we see Skunky saying to Tito Turtle, Why so glum? Just find out slow and steady doesn't win the race? In the second panel, Tito Turtle says no. And in the third panel, Tito Turtle says, I just killed a man, well done. Many readers were upset by this strip. Parents said that I made the funnies unsafe for children and that I murdered people with my car. However, the important thing was that people were being affected. It was at this time that my editors urged me to win some people back by finally giving Cherry Chipmunk, the girl, a line of dialogue. I'd always had a hard time writing dialogue for women. I didn't know what they would say. The same things a guy would say, but in a higher-pitched voice? I had no clue. I was in therapy at the time, and my therapist was encouraging me to deal with my divorce by playing a series of role-playing games where I would play the part of my wife. I decided to channel my wife's voice to write for Cherry Chipmunk, the girl, and I addressed the reason my marriage failed in one groundbreaking strip. In the first panel, we see Samuel Squirrel saying, why are you leaving? Is it because the war changed me? In the second panel, they both stare at each other. Tension builds. And in the third panel, Cherry Chipmunk says, no, it's because you ran out lost interest. They said I was a depressed madman who was only interested in shocking people and had totally lost touch with reality. It looked like it was all over for me and Skunky. But then, on a Tuesday in September 2001, everything changed for everyone. On that day, the entire nation was faced with the harsh form of reality to which I had become all too accustomed. To show them we were all on the same page, I published this strip. We see Tito Turtle, Jerry Chipmunk, Samuel Squirrel, and Skunky Funky Buzz looking out over Ground Zero. Tito Turtle says, imagine all the people living life in peace. Skunky says, I do. Today, more than ever. I had finally reached people. The positive feedback I got from this strip was overwhelming. That is, until someone pointed out that the strip was published on 9-11. <laughs> Meaning I had written it prior to 9-11 and must have known about the attacks in advance. Investigations into this theory proved inconclusive, but I was put on an FBI watch list. I hope that means they're reading Skunky Funky Buns. Please tune in this week for the 40th anniversary strip where I ask, if you kill someone and you think it's an accident, do you still have to go to hell? Thank you, everybody. Good night. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to your TV. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
Some comics and back, some personal, very good friends of mine. Let's hear for them. Let's hear for those comics. Let's hear for them. I um, I will be honest, right up top. I'm having a. This has been a strange week. Um, I had a friend pass away this week. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. Has anybody here lost a friend? You can clap, and that won't necessarily be applauding their death. I want you to know. That's okay. Okay, a couple people. It was my first time experiencing it, and I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what to do about it. I will say this. I cried. I cried for the first time in like two and a half years. I'm not a great crier. I'm usually good at shoving emotions down and making jokes on top of them. That's why this is my job. (laughs) That's why I do this for a living. Um, I can be very funny when I am very sad. (laughs) That's the whole point of this. Get in here. We're talking about death. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> I, I guess... Uh, so this, this show is also a podcast. Uh, we put this show out as a podcast. And so my friend uh, who passed away, he was a comic. His name was Dan Ronan. And on the podcast, we're going to include a set of his. I didn't really necessarily want to play it here uh, because I wasn't sure how that would be for the comics on the show who knew him. But just so you know, if you, if you are interested in seeing, or not seeing, hearing, a set from a great young comic, you can just pop it in your ears via the Put Your Hands Together podcast. In fact, in the podcast, it will have already happened. And this part of the show will be later. So that'll be confusing. <laughs> but you can just go back and listen again. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not usually... I'm not a great crier. I'm a great smasher of not just down emotions, but also uh, my, my go-to response for a long time, and it's something I'm not proud of and something I am trying to fix, is uh, that I am great at breaking everything in the room that I'm in <laughs> when I'm sad or angry. Not in a violent way. Not when people are around. I just wait till somebody leaves, and then it's sort of an X-Men situation where they come back and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> All this used to be furniture. (laughs) This is a reverse Ikea. (laughs) I think the the biggest comeuppance I ever got was I was in a a big fight with my ex-girlfriend and she left the house to take a walk and I was just like so upset that I grabbed the nearest thing and I picked it up and I threw it against the wall. But what I happened to pick up the closest thing was a two-gallon bottle of lube. <laughs> because we were being economical. And we bought it in bulk. We were like, well, we always run out! Let's get the one that seems like a joke! <laughs> and yeah, it was on my bedside table. Figure it out. <laughs> Very sexually active. <laughs> But I picked up a bottle of lube and I threw it against the wall and when I threw it against the wall, it smashed. 
and the lube went everywhere. Which was like a perfect fuck you to me because you shouldn't throw things when you're upset. You should talk about your feelings. Um, And one great way to figure that out is to throw all over your room something that the very purpose of uh, is to not be (laughs) clean-upable. It's the whole purpose of lube. If it was easily removable with water, it wouldn't do its job. (laughs) Our floor was shiny for the rest of the time we lived in that apartment. Never did we have to clean it. Just a real whoop sort of a situation you can't get that up for a nothing um and so i've just sort of been reflecting on like i guess my behavior um my behavior in the wake of losing a friend because i think that i think for a while now i've been very scared you know i moved uh from chicago to los angeles about 18 months ago and i don't know if anybody here has moved as an adult but it is an awful experience because you feel like a child and you're an adult. Like, you brought your vests, but you don't know where to get bagels. And you don't even eat bagels because you live in Los Angeles. And it's really starting from scratch, and you don't realize that. You know, you think, like, oh, I've taken a lot of trips out there, and I have a lot of comic friends, and I've, I've been out there many times. Surely this is just going to be a normal experience, but it's not. You know, it's a... Uh, it's, um, Just finding an apartment in a city you've never lived in is impossible because you don't understand how people do that there. Like here, Westside Rentals owns like half of the properties and you have to have a login code and they're all (laughs) shitty. And 100 people have seen them in front of you. You're racing around town. You don't even know where like mid-city West is. (laughs) By the way, don't live there. And I think it, fi- I think it honestly, it took me about this long to feel okay here. I think I got here and I was very trepidatious and I felt very, you know, then you're also trying to make new friends, but you're trying to make new friends as an adult. And that's an awful experience because y- you want to be like, yeah, I've done some stuff, but it just comes off as like, wait, what? <laughs> what can I come over? <laughs> What's your phone number? And people here socialize in their homes. I'm from a city where people socialize in bars, and you can tell from their bellies, which are full of beer and do not fit in their pants. But here people socialize in homes, so there's an extra level of intimacy there. You know, you can't just, like, casually show up at somebody's house like, I heard there was a thing here. This is a public place? Oh, it's your house. And we've met once? I'll leave. So you're trying... You guys can come in. You don't have to... It's okay. Yeah, get in here. No, I mean, it's weirder if you just say, nah, you should just come in. (laughs) No, we'll stand pretty close to the stage. Get in here. Get in here, you little buddies. And I think I I just have... Then after after that, when I was just finally starting to feel a little bit normal here... I, I started to go on the road a lot for a comedy. That just happened to happen. That like the minute I finally found some friends and some, and I was getting some invitations, and I knew where some bagel places were that I avoided, and instead juiced. By the way, I juiced for like one day. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> I did, I drank like seven juices, and I was like, and now breakfast. <laughs> 
That will make you sick. You're supposed to just have that as a meal. Oopsie. <laughs> but I finally, uh, I finally had figured it out, and then I went on the road a lot, and I was home for like one day a week. And the one day a week that I was home, I was so exhausted that I wasn't friendly to anybody. I wasn't like open to anybody. And I started to get angry with people like friends of mine, angry with friends of mine and angry with strangers. Like, I don't know if you've ever been so exhausted and weirded out by your own life that you're opening the window in your apartment and just screaming at people that pick up trash for a living. But that's a low point because they already pick up trash for a living. (laughs) You don't need to be like, shut the fuck up with that. Shut up with your truck. They're not happy about it either. (laughs) I mean, they make a lot of money, but like they are covered in garbage. (laughs) And it is loud for them too. So I think, and I don't think people's lives are for lessons. I don't think that's the point of somebody's life. You're not supposed to take a lesson from it. Um, But I am trying to realize that you know, this, this young comic, he was out here in Los Angeles for a while, and I just didn't really see him when he was here because I wasn't really available to, to see him. I, I don't mean like, I mean, I just wasn't, I didn't have, I was scared and things were hard, and so I didn't share that with him, and instead I just didn't see him. And I'm trying to figure out how to not do that, how to do the opposite of that, where you have interpersonal conversations with people about your feelings. And that is impossible. It turns out uh, I'm much more comfortable sitting next to you and watching Edge of Tomorrow. (laughs) But I'm trying. I think I'm getting closer all the time. I think part of that might be talking about this on stage right now. Because I don't believe that stand-up comedy is therapy. I hate it when people say that. It's not. It's a a job. It's my career. It has nothing to do with that. I... I, I, I was in therapy for a while. That was different than this. Uh, I paid her, for instance. <laughs> but it's not therapy. But I do think for a certain kind of person um, who deals with a certain kind of social anxiety or who wants to please people or who wants to connect with people but just doesn't know how, I think for some people it's easier to address people in a group. Um, like, that's always been true for me. You know, I'd always rather give a speech... Uh, than talk to anybody. (laughs) And then I can talk to you after the show. For some reason, that's true. Like, once I've gone up and talked about stuff, then after the show, I'm, like, much more at peace. I I understand that we're just going to talk about whatever I already brought up, um, and then you're going to add your stuff, and I don't have to, like, start with, like, so what do you do? We've just cut that out, and then you guys are telling me how you think Emily Blunt is amazing in Edge of Tomorrow, and I'm like, I fucking agree. (laughs) Yeah, she's the next Sigourney Weaver. Of course she is. Well, Sigourney Weaver's the next Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) Nobody's ever going to be the next Sigourney Weaver. She's the current Emily Blunt, is what I'm saying. She's the next Tom Cruise, is what I'd like to say. (laughs) Emily Blunt is the next Tom Cruise. Um, I know I'm good at this job. I believe that about myself. I think all comics do. I wrote something not too long ago about how I knew I was good at my job, and somebody commented on that on the internet, like, fuck this person! who thinks she's good at her job and is funny. If I didn't think that, I wouldn't be up here. Every comic that you know, every comic that you love, their favorite comic is themselves. (laughs) And that is true. Try to talk to them about it sometime. You'll be like, what's your favorite joke of yours? They won't be able to answer, but in their mind, they'll be going through them like, oh, that's a good one. 
So I know I'm good at this job, but I'd like to get better at being a person. That's something I'd like to do. Um, and that's a goal, I think, for the rest of the summer is just to be a little bit more human, talk to people a little bit more, get less angry at garbage truck drivers. Uh, that's not their fault. They didn't do anything. They're not the reason I had to take many planes this week. Um, and I also want to just uh, reach out to people and tell them how I'm feeling, not from the stage. So I hope that I do that. I don't know if anybody here shares that goal or if they would like to work on that. But if so, uh, let's do it together. What do, you, what do you guys say? Shall we all work on that as a group? Okay. Talking to each other? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think it's great. You guys have been wonderful. Thank you so much for letting me uh, start the show in a very personal and emotional way. Your smiles are really helping a fucking lot. Because I can tell that like, while you're kind of quiet, each of you is having your world rocked. We can't believe how vulnerable she was. How real. They weren't jokes necessarily, but Jesus fucking Christ. That cut to the bone. I've been great. You can clap for me. <laughs> I do want to welcome to the stage our, our first uh, comic that, that is not this guy right here. Uh, to sit. Now, he is... We love him when he comes in from New York. It's so fun to have him on the show. So you guys are going to go extra crazy for him. Am I right? You're going to go extra crazy because you were somber up top and you listened and you were emotional. But now you're available for other things like silliness. Am I right? I thought so. Uh, let's hear right now from Mr. Matt Ruby, guys. Give it up for Matt. Keep it going for Cameron, everyone. Yeah, uh, lots of times as a comedian, uh, if you go up first, you're prone to riff on what the host said. Um, you know, so my choices are dead comedian or how much lube lesbians use. Didn't even know any was the answer to that question. I am learning. I'm learning. A whole tub's worth. That's how much. What is the expiration date on loop? So many questions. Anyway, guys. Uh, what I've been thinking about lately is my childhood. Uh, I did not have these helicopter parents that are over you all the time. I had more like submarine parents. You know, they just put the periscope up every 10 hours and be like, is he still breathing? All right, let him go. Uh, you know, because like for me, a normal Saturday when I was growing up, I would just go wandering through the woods near my house, collecting soda cans and bring them in for the deposit so I could go buy fast food. <laughs> Seriously. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, wait a minute. My 10-year-old fantasy life was to be an adult homeless man. <laughs> I wore the same shirt all the time. I never showered. I was right there. I was close. But now these kids, they got the parents on them all the time. Everything's scheduled. I was at a Whole Foods recently. I saw a woman at Whole Foods with her kid on a leash. <laughs> kid on a leash at Whole Foods. I don't think you could do that. Like, how, how do you talk to the guy? Be like, yeah, uh, excuse me. I'd like to know that this chicken was allowed to roam freely <laughs> on multiple acres. <laughs> yeah, Timmy, yeah, get back here. <laughs> Talking to the man. Can't you see? Now, about my chicken. <laughs> Need to know it was given no drugs. What, Timmy, take your Ritalin and shut up. I'm talking to the man, okay? Good Lord. Just don't get it. How do you care more about having free-range chickens than free-range children? How does that happen? 
you know, there's a clear solution to this problem. We just need to start eating the children, all right? <laughs> ah, a healthy child is a delicious child. That's what I say. All right, what else? Uh, I guess I'm worried that I'm a creepy guy. <laughs> worried about that. Thank you for that laugh of recognition. I appreciate it. No, as a guy, you could tell how creepy you are. You could tell by how quickly women drop the boyfriend bomb on you. And for me, it's been getting faster and faster. Seriously, I'll just be like, hey, how you doing? Uh, my boyfriend says I'm fine. <laughs> like, okay, could I get a foot-long chicken teriyaki, please? <laughs> One judgmental quiz knows you're running here, I tell ya. <laughs> Probably doesn't help that I'm dating a girl who's younger than me. You know, I'm in my 30s, she's in her 20s. Women don't like that. You know, girl said, why don't you date someone more age-appropriate? I was like, I have to explain something to you. Women my own age have a problem, okay? They see right through all my crap. <laughs> right through it. They don't buy it at all. Remember in their 20s, they still fall for the facade. Yeah? Girl in your 20s is like, oh, so you're like kind of an artist. <laughs> Woman in her 30s is like, oh, so you're kind of broke, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that before. Girl in her 20s is like, you're like a bad boy. Woman in her 30s is like, you're not a bad boy. You're an unfortunate man. <laughs> Not the same at all. You're not dangerous. You're endangered, okay? <laughs> not buying it. There's good stuff about getting older, too, though. Like, I've dated a few girls. I know what's happening. Like, young dudes, I don't think they always understand. You know, this guy is like, I don't understand why women are demanding equal pay at work, yet they still want men to pay for dinner when we take them out on dates. How's that fair? There he is right here. Thanks for coming to the show, sir. <laughs> No, what you need to do, though, is look at the maintenance fees of being a woman, all right? How much it costs to own a woman's body. Because men don't know this because it's not ladylike to talk about it. But ladies, you got to come out and say it. you got to be like, oh, you want me to pay for half a dinner? Uh, I'm just going to tell you what I spent the past year on my vagina, okay? Let's go down that list, all right? Because it's been $1,200 on birth control, $80 on tampons, $30 on Midol, $20 on cranberry juice for that UTI I had. Oh, no, I'm not done yet. <laughs> $150 on a gynecological exam, $300 on bikini waxes because you like it when I look like a 12-year-old, which is weird. $60 on the morning after pill because you said you were going to pull out. And $50 on a vibrator because you can't find the G-spot, okay? So you know what? We'll go Dutch on dinner when you go Dutch on my vagina. Yeah, this area you're trying to get into so badly, it's a goddamn money pit. Could use some subsidies. I'm not paying for dinner. This is reparations, all right? You know how much that tub of lube costs, all right? Come on. I know too much about vaginas, I tell you. No, but ladies, I'll tell you, you're not always fair, though, because you, you, you think about it your own way, but not about the dude way always. Like, I'll, I'll hear women complaining about, like, how the media portrays women's bodies and be like, it's unrealistic, this portrayal of our bodies and the expectations that society has on female bodies. And then you're like, oh, yeah, would you ever date a guy shorter than you? No way. Gross. Short dudes? No. Like, how is that fair? It's like public discrimination that's still allowed. You know, and short guys can't even complain about because if they do, people are like, dude, that is such a short guy thing to complain about. Oh, you got a real Napoleon complex, I tell you. Actually, if you look it up, Napoleon was average height for his age. Okay, that's the most short guy thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Why don't you just keep Googling facts about Napoleon? <laughs> guy who doesn't have a problem, all right. 
You know, there's cool phrases with other groups. It's not that for short, dude. It's not like, once you go short, you're never abort. There's nothing, you know? It doesn't happen. Standing up for those guys. That's not the best way to say that. All right. I know what it feels like to be a beautiful woman. I do, I do. Because I was at a bar recently. A busboy came out with a pizza. Didn't know who had ordered it. So he's just looking around the room, and he just locks eyes with me, looks at his pizza, and up at me, and I'm like... No, and he just keeps looking at the pizza and over me. Finally, like, no! <laughs> and I realized, like, that feeling, that moment, is the way beautiful women feel all the time. <laughs> like, every man in the world is trying to deliver a pizza they didn't order. <laughs> just an army of unwanted pizza delivery men <laughs> coming from all angles, like the worst video game ever. <laughs> Like, guys, imagine what that'd be like if every time you made eye contact with a person, they offered you a pizza. Yeah, you might be like, hey, I like pizza. That sounds all right. You would get sick of it quick. All right? She'd be like, look, I'm just trying to get to work, all right? Even if I was hungry, I wouldn't want your homeless man pizza. God. You go to the club, everyone's pushing their pizza up against you. Some guy's like, come back to VIP. We got bottles of oregano. Yeah. Finally, like, look, I don't want anyone's pizza, all right? Maybe you shouldn't have dressed like you wanted pizza. <laughs> Wearing that Luigi hat, that Italian flag shirt. You wanted it! You were asking for it! <laughs> oh, boy. i got to get out of here, guys. On a, a final note, I'm not gay. I just wanted to say that. Uh, sounds defensive, I realize. Uh, I'm probably what you would call metrosexual, but uh, I don't like that word because it makes it sound like you like to fuck cities. <laughs> really into TNA. You know, tunnels and architecture. All right, that's my time. I'm Matt Ruby. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, let's hear from Matt Ruby. He is not gay. Get in here, you guys. Yeah, this is, I love this. This has been a slowly filling in room. I mean, it was, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't full. I just mean like a sm- just grad. Okay, what am I saying? How are you? <laughs> Where were you guys? What's going on? Where were you? Where were you right before this? You got your sweatshirt tied around your shoulders? Was you at Disneyland? No, where were you? Oh, pizza place around the corner. I get it. You gotta put that around the old neckaroonie so your arms are free for the pizza. (laughs) Was the pizza place at a golf club? I'm into it. I don't want you to think I'm not into it. I fucking love it. It's, hey, I get it. It's impossible. How are you supposed to carry a long sleever? I know. Yeah. I know. (laughs) We live in a city where it gets two degrees at night and then 107 during the day. (laughs) You got to carry a long sleever, but you can't carry one and look cool. What are you going to do? Wrap around your waist? Yeah, you might as well be hiking. so stupid. I carry a briefcase just so I can shove it full of jean jackets. <laughs> and yeah, I do wear tiny jean jackets. That's right. That's how they fit in a briefcase. <laughs> what if, just imagine, and it's like a soft briefcase. I carry a soft, I really do carry a briefcase. Uh, and I carry like a soft briefcase, but can you imagine like a hard, imagine like a hard, um, like a, like a, okay, Tom Cruise, but like before he was a lawyer or something. And he just like slams it on the table. No! 
no, my client says no, and here's the briefs. And then he opens up the briefcase, and it's just four well-folded jean jackets. <laughs> I know there's probably some writers here. You can use that. <laughs> hey, we're going to keep the show rolling. Uh, this next comic is a... She's a good friend of mine. Somebody I've watched since really she started uh, in Chicago, and she's just moved to New York. So proud of her. She's doing a great job. Let's hear it right now for Lisa Traeger, guys. Give it up for Lisa. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I moved to New York. It's weird. I mean, it's really cool, obviously. Like, I like eating Greek food at five in the morning, but people get so cocky there. Like, it's the best city. And I just prefer a city where there's alleys you can pee in. You know, like, where are they peeing? I don't understand it. Um, so that's been, like, a pretty hard transition for me. Um, also, like so much walking you don't under everyone's like oh it's so beautiful new york in the summer i'm like oh no when it's warm out and my thighs touch it hurts a lot so um no <laughs> constantly putting deodorant on my thighs um i've uh, i did this podcast um one other time before and it was actually in cleveland for the accidental comedy fest and it was super fun. And then the, that night I got really drunk and I made out with a 75-year-old black man who came back from a funeral. And I don't know, I just, I was watching Six Feet Under at the time. So I was like, all right, um, I'm into it. So it was like a wild, wild weekend. There was a lot of drugs involved, but my car ride back, so I was living at the Chicago at the time, and so me and my three gal pals, we're all comics, we like drove back, and the road trip was all just like, we're the best women in the world. We deserve the best. We'd be, like anyone would be happy to be with us. We're gonna be so successful. Women, women, feminism! And then we filled my car up with diesel. Um, <laughs> So we were like, oh no. <laughs> Maybe we're not feminists. Maybe we're just idiots. Because um, right away, while we were breaking down on the Indiana Highway, I was on the phone with AAA, just like, please send a man. We need a man. We need a young, handsome man, please. And they sent this cop over, because it was like late at night before the tow truck can come. And he was so condescending to us. And he like walked over to the car. He was like, ladies, they usually make the diesel nozzle bigger, so you can't put it in a regular car. What happened? And I couldn't be like, oh, officer, we've been smoking blunts all day. <laughs> so I had to think fast and like, I'm not that good at it. And so I was just like, yeah, sorry, officer, we're sluts. We know how to get it in. And he liked it. But talking to cops is always the worst. Like, for me, it's like, if a cop was smart, he'd be a detective. You know? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Being rude to me? I don't think so. But I'm still into feminism. I don't know. For me, it's like, little things annoy me. But on the grand scale, like, I'm so happy to be alive in this time period and where I live. And I'm just, like, so happy. Because I know if this was 200 years ago, I'd be a burnt witch. For sure. <laughs> No doubt in my mind. I'd be like concubine number 400 and really upset. 
Because I don't have any skills, and yeah, I, and I have a thyroid disorder. Like, I just, I don't think I can handle it. But it's just little things that annoy me. I don't know, like, white men, you're the worst. Um, that's what I figured out. No, nah, like, for me, I've, it's like, if you're a white man and you're not successful, you're the worst. <laughs> There's nobody worse than you. If you are a white man and you do not have a 401k, walk into the river because you're useless. What, you can't navigate the society made for you? What are you doing? Everything is for you. Everything. It's amazing. You can do whatever you want and you're not stereotyped at all. Like, you've killed tons of people historically and and look at you go, riding bicycles, getting jobs, like going to the movies. It's so fun. Like for me, I feel like if I hate one girl, if I hate one girl, it's like women hate women. It's like, no, Becky's a bitch. Like, why can't I hate her? You can hate Steve. Why can't I hate Becky? It's not fair. Like, it's, uh. That's what I mean, little things, you know? It's just little things. Like, um, anytime a movie comes out and it has a female lead or it's, like, four women, it's always just like, yeah, whatever. We've seen Sex in the City. It's just like Sex in the City. We've seen it before. Aaron Brockovich, shut up, you know? It's like, we've seen it, whatever. Why would we ever do this? It's a woman movie. And then it's like, there's been 50 years of Batman. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Five decades of Batman, and no one's ever like, yeah, I mean, we get it, you know? <laughs> Your parents are dead, you're sad, you know, we get it, we get it. And it doesn't stop there, it's like five Spider-Mans, Iron Mans, Avengers, who's Thor? I don't know, but he has two fucking movies. Just like Daredevil, and then there's a new one coming out, and it's Batman and Superman together, and maybe if we're lucky, they'll let Wonder Woman suck one of their dicks, you know? Uh. We'll see if it's in the budget. Um, it might not be. Yeah, it's, I get a lot of dick pics because, like, I ask for them. And it's, you got to do it. Well, because I'm recently single, but, like, not really. It's been, like, a year and a half. But um, all I do is drugs and fuck strangers because, like, I don't know what else to do because I don't read, you know? So seems like a good idea. But so I'll, like, get dick pics, and then I'll get turnt, and then I'll show up, and I'll just be like... I don't know what dick you sent me, but it is not this one. And it, why would you lie about that? Like, I'm gonna see it. You know, I'm, you're hoping I'm gonna touch it. So, like, why would you lie? It's not, like, the curtains are a different color. It's just, like, not cool. And the one guy got really mad at me. He's like, fuck you. Like, girls get to wear makeup and push-up bras and spanks. It's not fair. And I'm like, yeah, but no one's sticking a titty inside you. So you could still have a pretty fun night. But... You're ruining my life. So you just gotta do what you gotta do. Um, I was I wanted to talk about uh, a Dan Ronan memory. Cameron and I were just talking about how like he just cared and loved uh, comedy so much and was so hard work that whenever he gave you a compliment or said something kind about um, your comedy, you know that it meant a lot and it wasn't just like yeah, nice set and it it just meant a lot and he wouldn't lie about stuff like that and um we also argued a lot and i wish we didn't argue as much but you know 
some people are <laughs> dicks. Uh, me, <laughs> me and him. So <laughs> we just argued a lot, and I went. I mean. I guess maybe I wish we didn't, but not really. Um, I enjoyed it because he was smart and awesome and kind of a fun person to argue with. And, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. But um, it's going to be a really great comedy show <laughs> the rest of the night. He would have loved it, and he probably would have you know, asked to do 15 sets tonight if he could have. So thanks so much, you guys, and enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. Valerie Talented has a long career of her. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Dan was an arguer. He, I argued with him all the time. That is actually, I don't think that's a negative thing. I think it's great to have people that you can spar with and people that you completely disagree with on every level because that's how you figure out how you feel and that's how you figure out how you should change. Uh, so I think that's a really good thing. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> Now, this next comic, he is a friend of the show. We're very excited for him because starting on July 23rd, he's got a new show uh, on Comedy Central you can see him on called The Meltdown. Uh, and this is our friend, Mr. Ed Salazar, guys. Give it up for Ed right now. Come on. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming out tonight. Uh... I, I just had my birthday last week. Uh, I turned 38, and I know you're like, you could play a guy in high school still. No, I'm 38, guys. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I'm single, and I can get down on myself for that. Like, it's a little weird to be just 38 and alone. So what I started to do now is I just pretend that I skipped my first divorce. Like, that's how I... Like, I'll just go to my bank account and take half the money out of it and just be like, oh, this is terrible! <laughs> Like, I'll drive by a high school and be like, if only Timmy could talk to me. <laughs> I've, got like, I've got, like, an old Christmas tree in my house with a baseball mitt with a, blue, with a bow on it just sitting there. <laughs> it's a... Here's... Being 38 and single is not the worst thing in the world. Like, one of the upsides is that when you're in your 30s and you're dating people, uh, there's zero chance you're the worst boyfriend they've ever had. <laughs> like... There is no chance. Like, have you ever uh, stolen somebody's dog and moved to San Francisco with their car? If the answer is no, you're not the worst boyfriend they've had. <laughs> I uh, I do like the the oh, I do the Tinder thing, which is awful thing. It's if I you how many you guys are all on that? I can find out. You, I have a phone with the, I can <laughs> literally look right now and find out who the fuck is on Tinder right now. And I'm on Tinder, and like you, you, it's just basically like if you find somebody attractive, you say they're attractive. And you're, so you're basically like, it's just basically a stack of headshots, and you're casting rules for your penis. Like, that's all you're doing is like, like, ah, oh, she's good. She could do it. I mean, like, we could work with her on this one. <laughs> Awful. And uh, when you say that you like someone and they like you, you get this message back that says, um, would you like to start a conversation or would you like to keep playing? The word is playing because now even dating is just a fucking video game for our generation. <laughs> like it is just, everything is playing at this point. Now here's a fun game to do. Go to somebody at the bar, go, hi, my name's Ed. And when she goes, my name's Mary, just go, I'm going to keep playing. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Very nice. I feel like we have something, but nah. 
Uh, I like uh, drugs, everyone. Drugs are great. Anyone else like drugs? <laughs> I don't mean to glorify them. Uh, I don't need to do that. They do it just fine on their own. They're fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, I have a pot card, uh, and it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, if you... Would, does anyone else have a pot card? Does anyone? I'm not a cop. This has not been, like... <laughs> like I haven't, like, been doing open mics at laundromats just to bust a room of people at a theater somewhere. Like, they clap, and it's like, all right, guys, now get them! <laughs> I, uh, I, have a, I have a pot card, and you go in to get pot at a dispensary, and there's just, like, a whole wall of different types of pot, and they constantly are evolving and getting uh, stronger and stronger and getting just better and better, and it's like... They're the same people who, like, love weed also are protesting GMO. But when it comes to, like, uh, pot, genetically engineer the shit out of that. That's cool. <laughs> and you go in and they have, like, names and, like, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I've been smoking weed in California for nine years now. And not, a, not once have I smoked weed and gone, like, oh, man, I wish this was stronger. <laughs> I have smoked weed in California and been, like, oh, man, how did I end up at Del Taco? Like, how did that... <laughs> And, uh, and it's, uh, you go in and, like, they have these names and you're like, it's like Scarface and Skywalker. And you're like, ah, could I get maybe, like, a lesser Al Pacino movie? Like, uh, I'll take a scent of a woman and, uh, a Jar Jar Binks, you know, like a, a forgettable Star Wars character. They have a pot now that's called Green Crack. I'm smoking pot specifically because it's not crack. Like, that's why that's the drug that I choose. It's no, it won't ruin my life. I love other drugs, too. I love, uh, I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a very polite person. And uh, I've done cocaine, but only because I'm polite. Because <laughs> I'm a comedian and we're assholes. And I was at a party and I was like, hey, man, this is like one of those parties where we can get cocaine. We should get cocaine. And the guy behind us was like, I have cocaine. Do you want some? And I was like, oh, I better, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. And I, and I don't remember what cocaine did to me, but I, the only effect that I really remember was that you immediately start asking how much it costs while you're giving them money. You're like, how much is this? <laughs> My favorite drug is Vicodin. And if you've never done Vicodin before the best way I can describe it is what it's like to be the kind of person who can go to a mall in sweatpants. That's, that's it. <laughs> I'm getting addicted to Vicodin and shopping at kiosks. That's all I'm doing. Uh, I, I have depression and like, it's the word, like I know there's no, it's a new thing for comedy for a dude to have depression, but uh, <laughs> I'm going out on a limb. And uh, I get, like, it's weird the things that trigger your depression when you have it. Like, uh, the Lakers signed Dwight Howard a couple years ago, and I don't really care that much, but I kind of dislike the Lakers, and, like, I was just... In, oh, we're in... I forgot where, where we are. Uh, Dwight Howard is very tall. He's very good at basketball. And uh, Lakers fans were super excited about it, and, like, all my Lakers coworkers were like, yeah, Lakers, you decorating their cubicles. And... Uh, and so I was like, ah, oh, fuck that. And I went to go get lunch at my favorite restaurant. I went to this pho place, and I'm sitting there, and I'm eating. And while I'm eating, uh, this guy comes biking down the road, and he's wearing a Lakers tank top and shorts, and he's got a hat. He's got uh, two, like, 
heavyweight wrestling belts, which has nothing to do with basketball. I think he just was like, I have these laying around the house. <laughs> and he's writing, and he, he's not using his hands, he's just raising his hands up in the air, and he's just going, woo, woo, woo! <laughs> and I had this moment where I was like, you know what, Ed? This is bringing joy to one person in the universe. This is raising the level of happiness for one person in the universe. You have to let go of your own anger and self-hate and loathing and all the things that fucking drag you down in this town and all the things that ruin your life and everything that's burning inside of you because there's one person who's happy because of this Dwight Howard signing. It's totally fine. Enjoy his happiness. And just as I'm saying that, the owner comes out and goes, every fucking day with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, thank you so much. You guys have been wonderful. Cameron. guys hey uh we are gonna keep it right on rolling uh this next comic she is an la favorite we love when she's on the show let's hear it right now for alice wetterland guys give it up for alice hi guys how's it going Woo-hoo. there's a seat up here for yeah forget it Ah, cool. I am happy to be here. I uh, I just got a, a prescription for Klonopin. And, uh, yeah, you'd think that explains the general malaise. Uh, but I'm not into it, so... <laughs> Klonopin for all! Um, it is a very low dose. I took one the other day, um because I got myself into a tizzy. And uh, just driving, driving around, getting into a tiz. And I found that it made me so tired. No longer in a tizzy because I was, like I felt like I'd taken six Benadryl. And then that went on for a few hours. And I was like, okay, so I'm I'm so tired. And then uh, a few hours later, I just was just crying. Just crying and crying and crying. Um, then I called the doctor about it, and I was like, hey, uh, I've taken a few of these, and I seem to get the most tired and then the most depressed right afterwards. And he's like, oh, so you're, like, really sensitive to the side effects. And I was like, yeah, but I think the drug is only side effects. There's nothing else going on. I'm dehydrated. And those are, that's the list. Like, what... Are the warnings on the drug, like, warning, drug does nothing at all except for side effects. Uh, be aware that you will want to kill yourself because it's so pointless. Why'd you pay money for this? I don't know. I'm talking really fast. <laughs> um, ooh. Ooh, gotta get rid of that. I, I get really stressed out when I'm driving, also doing um, anything. Yeah, that's right. And I do get stressed. Uh, I found another way of dealing with it, though, is to listen to music, especially country music. Hold up. <laughs> New Country. That's right. So kill me, L.A. I listen to New Country. There's a song on the radio on New Country 105 right now titled Beers Ago. 
Yeah, I'm tuning in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the funniest music. Every song on New Country Radio is the same song. It's all someone who's singing about how they're just super normal American, just, you know, salt the earth, no, just like nothing more, driving down a road in a truck, and I love just to smile of a child and chicken fried. Like, that's every song. The same amount, like, just trying so hard to convince you that they're the most, like, whatever, I'm just a bubba from dumb fuck whatevs. Like, it's like you are an alien trying to blend in. It's very obvious at this point. It's just like, I don't care what he did. If he cheated on me, I'm going to get real mad and destroy him with my laser eyes. What? That's not a thing that humans do. Whatever. Why'd I sing it? <laughs> I go to church every Sunday. Cause that's what my mom said And my mama's human and so am I So don't ask me about it <laughs> Whatever it's a Fucking God Almighty in heaven I am a feminist And um, my mom got me one of those shirts and That says this is what a feminist looks like uh, Thanks mom Thank you for a Christmas present. Sweet of her. You know, we're both proud feminists. The only problem with the gift was that it was hella baggy. And I do all right. You know, I know. I, I do all right. I like, but if you put, like, with those shirts, they're either, they've got to be on, like, a 10, or they've got to be fitted a little. Because if you just put me in, like, a very baggy T-shirt that says, this is what a feminist looks like, Everybody's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the Google image search for that. Not educational at all. <laughs> Moved out of my apartment last weekend. It was pretty cool. Uh, I had to move out because I uh, got divorced and there was carpet. So it was like the divorce was like in the carpet. Um, <laughs> could feel it. And... <laughs> Uh, it was cool. I mean, I'm okay. We, like, my ex and I, we departed amicably, which I, if you don't know what amicably means, it means that he still owes me money. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a minute. <laughs> Friendship. Um, but it was cool. We got divorced over the holidays, which it was cool. I didn't know this. If you get divorced over the holidays, you find out that Santa can't find you if you live alone. So that was funny sometimes. Um, but it's cool. I'm, I'm happy with my new apartment. I, I, I found this apartment um, on Craigslist. It's so easy to find an apartment here in L.A. I found the apartment, and this guy was showing me. It was beautiful, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so affordable for me because um, I'm doing great. And he was like, only thing is i got to tell you this one thing about it. This is the thing. Uh, I am obligated by law to tell you that a guy died here. And I was like, that's fine, it's not a problem at all, unless a guy didn't die here. <laughs> That's just a weird law. <laughs> that is spooky. A spooky thing. Um, I uh, will leave you with this. I'm a cat person. Um, give it up for my cat. Whatever. Um, I'm a cat person, and like most cat people, I'm also a dog person because I'm fucking reasonable. Um, 
only dog people, right, that are like, mm, I'm a dog person. No thanks, cats. And it's like, whoa. All right. Check it out. I've seen them together. It's not a 40s cartoon. They can be in the same room. I don't know why you can't be. It's your ish. A lot of anti-cat propaganda out there. I read this. It's really true, apparently, if you die in your home. If you die in your home and you're an owner of a dog, your dog will wait five to seven days before it eats your body, and it will start with the arms and legs. Whereas a cat will wait one day, and it starts with the face. First of all, who published this study? <laughs> who did that? All right. It's a bunch of dogs. We know that it was a bunch of dogs. Don't stop giving them master's degrees. Get it? Woo. Uh, also, I, this always said is a reason why cats are creepy. Cats are creepy because they'll eat your face. No, that's not a reason why cats are worse than dogs. Because if you think about it, I'm a cat owner. I'm, I don't have to worry about my cat. If I have a dog, I hit the ground. That dog's just like, my heart's breaking. He waits seven days. Guess what, Rover? I'm not good anymore. You know what I mean? My cat, I don't have to worry at all. I hit the ground. She's like, hmm. She's been down what? Eight hours? Already took a wristwatch. <laughs> I'm going to start with the face. I'd like to point out, too, that certain dogs, if they're in a bad mood, will start with your face when you're alive. So, well, this was... All right, thanks a lot, you guys. I'm Alice Wetterland. Guys, Alice Wetterland, one more time for Alice. Special time in the show uh, when I welcome a co-producer on Put Your Hands Together and also a hilarious comic, Rhea Butcher. Let's hear it for Rhea. Hello. She come out and we're in chat for a minute. That's yeah. our that's our third producer up there in the booth, Ryan McMenamin. You could give it up for Ryan also. He makes he does that. Sound good. And then you know we do these things and then now we talk to each other. How are you? Yeah. How's I'm your pretty day? good. Uh, you know I had a pretty good day. I had to. Um, I actually I have a day job that is not comedy related that yeah. I I r- really don't like, but. Um, I got an opportunity to go film a sketch during the day. Yes. So I had to take time off of work to do that. And they really don't like it when I take any amount of time off. So I decided the night before, I'm going to lie. Decided I'm going to tell you my job. about the sketch. Well, I, I told them I had an emergency doctor's appointment. <laughs> and that I had to go. That was being filmed. <laughs> that was being filmed. And it's going to be really funny. For use funny. on Funny or Die. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be super funny, this doctor's appointment. So I told them, like, it's, a, it's an emergency appointment. It shouldn't take more than two hours. And I was super scared about it to my boss. And she was like, okay. And then I got really angry that she didn't show any remorse or concern <laughs> for my fake emergency doctor's appointment. You're hard to please. I'm super hard to yeah. please. You should be upset. Did you have something ready? Like if she asked, were you going to, what, what you if know she what? Was I was like, gonna oh, go. let's hear, let's role play. Okay. I have a last-minute doctor's appointment. It's oh. an emergency. Oh, my God. Today? Today, yes. This must be an emergency. Yes, it is. Well, I care it's about big... you. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. What's, um, I mean, you don't have to share if you don't want to, because, like, you know, non-disclosure clause in the, you remember from when you signed, you read yes, it, right? I when did you read signed, it, yes. When Non-disclosure, you yes. Yeah, and you have 11 days off a year. So Absolutely. if you remember that, just, um, yep, I I, I, that, I'm not saying that today. Go t- get out of here. Why are we even still, but what is it? Scarlet, scarlet fever. Scarlet fever? It's I a really rare scarlet fever. Scarlet Johansson. It's Scarlett Scarlett Johansson Johansson fever. Scarlett Johansson fever. I've got that. Yeah. 
she's great. Tight outfit. Just um, recently, <laughs> recently diagnosed. I'm just walking around everywhere in only my underwear. That's right. And your voice is so deep. It's so deep. That's what it starts. Starts in the throat. Scarlett Johansson fever. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just overdub whatever with Scarlett Johansson fever. Yes. You know what I mean? After a movie's fully shot and stuff. It's a reference to her. Thank you, sir. He got it. Um, well, listen, I wouldn't want to take that away from you. Uh, please, let me know how it goes. I will. And if Bill Murray is at the doctor's office, tell him to come to my son's bachelor party. Absolutely. Scene. <laughs> that motherfucker keeps going to bachelor parties. He needs a job. He needs a job. <laughs> I feel like I would be not that stoked about that. He's cool. I sure. just feel like I would be like, if you were the bachelor that the bachelor party was for, yeah. and Bill Murray showed up right. to your Even bachelor party. Even if I was the bachelor from the show, the bachelor. <sighs> right. You'd be upset. Any of those it. types of bachelors. I would yeah. be so mad because then it's. If you then, had a bachelor's degree. Yeah, then it's a Bill Murray night. You know right. what I mean? I mean, that's cool. Like, then you got that story. Sure. But then, you know, all your friends are like, oh, what, what was that? Do you remember where we were? What, what was, was the, the occasion? Party? I can't even anyway, remember. Bill Murray was he there. He was there. That was, was great. fucking great. <laughs> really like that guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's good. So yeah. you. So, but did you get away with it? I did get away with it. She didn't ask. Did me she listen shit. to our podcast? <laughs> what if no. your boss secretly listens to our podcast right. and then just one day they drop a bomb on me? Your yeah. jokes are not funny. Also, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> but you could sue for that because you'd be like. Yes, that, they are funny. Yeah. I'm suing you. Yeah, that's joke discrimination. You can't... Yeah. That's a taste issue. You can't say that, that my jokes are not funny and fire me for that. You know, you can say that. I can say that. Uh, <laughs> I can absolutely say that. And then Tom Cruise would come with a briefcase and be like, Jean Jackets! Um, <laughs> and then I would stand up on a table and write a sign that says union, and I would hold it silently. Yeah. Thank you, guy. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, getting right into a normal Ray reference. <laughs> yes. Sliding into it. Sliding into it. Sally Field, how is yeah. she? Have we seen her lately? Have we, we seen have, her around the apartment? I have seen her around us? our house. Oh, we live together. I should have yes. said that earlier. Uh, but what if we didn't live together and we just live with Sally Field, but right. separately? <laughs> She's got a bunch of houses. What if we both live with Sally Field? We lived in a Sally Field house. <laughs> Well, technically, it would be better if we lived in the Sally Field. I guess so. Yeah. I'd prefer to and be like in the And like a Sally. Hugh Laurie house. <laughs> oh, God. shut up, you biller! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> oh, you keep booing! You keep booing! And then later tonight, when something goes terribly awry, I'm not gonna figure it out what it is! <laughs> Is that a reference to House? Yeah, that's what oh, he does. Okay. He's always just right. like, I know what it is, but you guys take a while, and her life will be on the line. You guys get back to me. Forty-eight minutes to figure it out. I can't believe that's the premise of that show. That show should be called Medical Malpractice. <laughs> With eyebrows. Right. Exactly. I feel like that whole show is him just going. Yeah. That whole show is him going, eyebrow. this is my American accent. That's what that whole show is. And I have a cane. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, he's, he's doing a good job. Um, okay, great. Well, then, you yeah. know, so it was a good work day. So uh, what's going on in your life? Which uh, is also kind of my life. Right. 
Not in a weird way. We looked. Well, we're also fiancés. Yes. That's why. It just we can't. We have to roll these things out because otherwise our relationship seems very strange. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean. I just mean like when you're talking on stage and then it's just like popping out. Like what's going on in your life? Which is also my. It's a weird thing for a comic to say to another comic. We live together with Sally Field and our lives are the same. Like I, I feel like there you, you guys, guys know leave. what we're talking about, right? <laughs> if we didn't say that, you'd leave and be like, well, stand-up comics are very weird. They do lots of drugs. Uh, one of them is not gay, and they all live with Sally Field. <laughs> Um, what's going on in my life? Well, I've been pretty housebound. Oh, as, as you that. know, yeah, housebound. I've been in our house. Um, Hugh Laurie and Gina Gershon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys, <sighs> working up here. See, I don't Good care job. about you guys because that worked so well over there that that laugh is yeah. at an almost inaudible pitch. <laughs> Um, well, our dog got neutered. I he took did. our dog to get him neutered, which was the saddest, the super saddest, because he was like, wait, what? Oh, okay. but I can come, right? Oh, no? Well, surely you're coming back with treats. Oh, fuck you! <laughs> fuck you, why did you do this? He's really mad. He's pretty mad about it. But I was like, no balls in this house. <laughs> in his stomach too that yeah, was kind of weird never it came out it never came it out was in, it didn't come out there it stayed up here and we wouldn't have never known that was weird and the doctor didn't tell us that's normal they're men keep they have one there and then they have one on their stomach it's like a Mike and Ike's sort they of have thing. one on their back <laughs> they have one on the back three three testicles right the spinal testicles. Spinal te- then there's one in the earlobe. Uh, it's a tiny one. And you can gauge that sonar. out. You can gauge that yes. out for sure. It yes. is painful. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we, our dog got neutered and that's a real thing. I didn't realize there was like a real surgery. Now that's a stupid thing to say. I don't know. I didn't realize. Because nobody, nobody talks about dog surgery as being like a real thing where they just give you back this dog that's fucked up like on so many drugs and just like why did you do this and so don't want to eat and also your whole job when you have a dog is to make sure that dog just poops that's your whole job <laughs> once you get a dog your whole life is just like did he go oh did he go how did was he it did this he big did he how, what was the size squishy solid hard did you squeeze it how heavy was the I bag? have squeezed it through a bag who cares so much? you're just like what does poop feel like oh <laughs> sometimes I take it to the grocery store and weigh it on the fruit scale <laughs> that's and then not I just true. leave that's not true no it's not true that's not true don't lie about Squeezing cantaloupe, squeezing poop, squeezing cantaloupe. Wait on the fruit scale. 49 cents. 49 cents for the poop. <laughs> Ooh, from Guatemala. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, yeah, he got neutered. And it is a serious surgery, and he was real down for the count, and I didn't realize that was going to be the case. He has one of them big old cones on, uh, which is called an, Elizabeth, an Elizabethan collar also, which is like a really weird legacy for the longest ruling female monarch of all time. <laughs> Just and like, now oh, she was very important. And like the Spanish Armada and stuff, I don't have any idea if that was her. But anyway, Kate Blanchett was her. And um, <laughs> yeah, she did like a lot of good stuff. But she also, you know, when dogs look weird, that is what reminds That's me her. of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he had to wear one of those and we took him for a walk. Yep. So Here's just the thing a- about LA. There's nice people here. There's some sweethearts here. There's some real nice people here. Super There's nice people. Fucking idiots here. There are really some idiots here people. because nobody has to be smart here. Nope. Because the people just give you like nobody's on the sidewalk. And people, nobody just everybody's just like so relaxed. I think it's the weed cards. I don't know what sure. it is. Nobody seems to care about like just 
inconvenienced, I guess. It's just Absolutely. like people just stand in the middle of the sidewalk just like, Ah. Like, if you did that Legs in New York, like you would be dead. <laughs> and not from, like, a, I don't mean, like, a, I mean, somebody would come up to me like, get the fuck out of the way! And it would be a business lady. It would be a 75-year-old business lady. Yeah, she should have retired. That's a good point. <laughs> um, but a woman down the street from us. Yes. <sighs> we were walking our dog. He we're... had his collar on. He was flopping back and forth like a little lamp. He does look very Pixar. He looks like a desk lamp just yeah. going like, what's happening with my life? <laughs> so he was, yeah, he was walking around and then she came out. She had a couple dogs. Yeah, and the dogs had... were uh, doing a real, just a real wide berth on those dogs. Yeah, she, she was, was just going, doing she... one of those like uh, leash methods, which is like way up high and just with a couple fingers <laughs> yeah. so that it's like optimal angle outwards towards right. everyone else. She looked dog. like she was going to light her dogs on fire and go to Burning Man and spin them. Yes. <laughs> These just are whatever. These go wherever. Um, so her dogs were real loosey goosey, which is a thing you, that's another kind of animal, but it applies here. And, um, and a Scarlett Johansson movie. Yeah. Lucy. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, so we're running into this woman. We were in, she wouldn't stop coming at us and from we're, many we're angles. So hushing. we like pulled over into the street because our dog is open. He has sutures and he can't see. And so we just pulled over to be like, nope, you please go. And we'll stay over here. Just stay and away she, from instead us. Of like, instead of keeping going, she just kept getting closer to us and walking into the street to follow us. She just kept following us into the street. And then she said, uh, oh, 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 you don't like your dog to meet other people? Is that, how is the... Your dog doesn't like other dogs? You, get, you don't allow your dog to have on? a friend? Does he have a hat on his neck? Your dog doesn't like to be happy? Oh, you don't, you don't let your you dog... To, like your dog to be a your dog? Your dog doesn't have an Instagram? <laughs> Do you not have a hashtag? Yeah, I, mean, we I do, do have, have a hashtag. hashtag. Murph the Durf. <laughs> That's our fucking dog's hashtag. Uh, D-E-R-P-H. Yes. Um, but yeah, so she follows in the street and then we just said, uh, no. He had surgery. He's recovering from he had major surgery. surgery. That's what that means though. Like, I love that for her, the, the dog cone is like a universal sign for like, just maybe don't get near their dog. Like something has happened. But in her mind, we're just horrible people who are like, this is how dogs like to see. They like to wear stuff all around their faces. And the reason he doesn't have any friends is because nobody's ever followed us and asked. I just imagine her going into hospitals, like people hospitals, and like whenever there's a curtain drawn for somebody for privacy, she's just like, oh, are you okay in here? Do you not like people? She goes, what's happening? Do you have an Instagram? She goes up to, she goes up to a woman, oh, you got a cast on your leg where you couldn't find your pants? So uh, that person lives on her block. Yep. I hope she listens to the show. I, I mean, she doesn't listen to the show, but I am going to slap her across the face. <laughs> With the Elizabethan collar. Yeah, exactly. You get to take it off. It won't be that hard, but it will a wiggle. Okay. Wiggle. Uh, all right. You guys, that's Rhea Butcher. Thanks so much. She's so funny. Uh, and hey, we've got one final comic finishing out the show tonight. He is a, a favorite of ours. We love him so much. You guys are going to love him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Guy Branham. Give it up for Guy. Come on.
Hey guys. How's it going? You're excited. It's electric. Put your hands together. My name is Guy. Guy is barely a name. The only way that my parents could have exerted less effort in naming me would be if they had called me Hey Dude. Or that one baby who lives here. Do you understand my point? My point is that all of my life I wanted a nickname. I never had one until college. In college they called me the Futon. Because I was so good at making sex awkward and uncomfortable. I like you guys. I feel comfortable with you. I feel like I can share something with you. Put your hands together. I am 38 years old. And what that means is this is what I look like. This is what I look like. At this point, me going to the gym is like Paula Abdul checking into rehab. It is a lovely gesture, but no one thinks it's going to work. <laughs> now, you guys may have noticed that I am unusually large for a homosexual. I am not certain why this is the case. My current working theory is that once my parents realized I was going to be gay, they figured they might as well raise the largest one in the county. <laughs> if they're not getting grandchildren out of the deal, at least they could get a blue ribbon. And I know, I hear you guys, I hear what you're saying to yourselves. You're saying, but guy, if you're that worried about it, why not do something about it? Why not lose the weight? Isn't being attractive more important than any pleasure food could potentially bring you? The trouble, ladies and gentlemen, is that I don't know if love really exists, but I'm certain that really good pastrami does. <laughs> Plus, a sandwich won't give me herpes. <laughs> so, who here hates reality television? I hate all of you. I am so tired of people complaining about reality TV. They're like, oh, oh, it's so stupid, it's so stupid, it's the downfall of America, it's just stupid people fighting with each other. It's so stupid. What is sports? <laughs> sports is stupid, stupid people. Illiterate adults with accidental children fighting with each other for three hours a at a time. You people watch it every Sunday like it's good. I want to watch people fight too. I just want to understand why. Because you are wearing different colored helmets, that is not a reason to fight. Because Melissa Gorga did not go to Teresa's baby's christening, that is a reason to fight. Um, as you guys may have noticed, I can kind of be an angry political gay guy. Um, but the thing is, is like things have gotten a lot better for gay people over the course of the past 10 years or so, and I really do need to focus on, on the positive side, because there are some real advantages to being a gay man in our society. For instance, 
you, sir, are you heterosexual? Yes. If, if you wanted to watch attractive strangers get naked for your benefit, you would have to go to some seedy strip club down by the airport and pay $12 for a Diet Coke. <laughs> If I want to watch attractive people, strangers get naked for my benefit, I have to go to the locker room at my gym. <laughs> Every guy I wanted to have sex with in high school had to dry his balls in front of me, and I will take those memories with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> there are some advantages to being a gay man in our society. We get to be friends with black women for no reason. <laughs> No one understands why it works. It's just two strong flavors that work well together. <laughs> like sea salt and dark chocolate. There are some advantages to being a gay man in our society. No one expects me to like Kings of Leon. <laughs> and you guys, I take a lot of grief from my taste in music. And allow me to explain my taste in music to you. Do you know how you turn on the radio and there's that song they play 15 times a day and you don't understand why and you don't understand who likes that song? I always like that song. I always like that song. I liked that song when it was Mambo number five. And I liked that song when I was happy. I always liked that song. People think they get to talk down to me because of this. I was recently at a, at a party in Brooklyn, and this guy was like, hey, guy, you need to grow up. Like, uh, music's part of your personal evolution. You need to start listening to music with some complex emotions to it. You need to grow up. Here's the thing. I've already got complex emotions floating around inside of me. If I want to be sad, I'll just remember that in 1999, I had a conversation with my mother, then she never loved me as much again. I don't need the Decembrists to help! <laughs> I don't need some black guy from Brooklyn telling me how many problems he has. I have problems of my own. What I need is a black girl from Brooklyn to remind me that if I put on lip gloss, I will feel better. <laughs> Because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, rolling through this existence as a creepily gigantic bald gay guy is not the most fun thing to do. Sometimes I need to be reminded why I'm beautiful. It's because I don't know that I'm beautiful. Sometimes I need to be told that I'm sexy and I should know it. Sometimes I need to feel bootylicious. All right. Thank you very much, you guys. I'm Guy Branham. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.